From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. On today's show... We're talking about what you don't know about your spouse's orgasm. And there's a quote attributed to Donald Rumsfeld that says, there are things we don't know we don't know. And I think that's especially true as we're talking about spouses' orgasms, and we're mm-hmm. going to be digging into that in today's show. But first, we start each and every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And, you know, hug is really one of my most favorite parts of the show. I think it's incredible to, you know, be able to share with all of you the stories of hope, the stories of restoration, mm-hmm. of couples having breakthrough in their marriage. And this hug came from a message that we received that started... For some reason, your show for May 5th showed up on my feed today. And that show was Watch Me Undress, which was number 584. I'm always ready to learn more and grow our marriage, and I decided to take a listen. We did our first seven days of sex challenge around a year ago. Awesome. And have been doing them monthly since. Oh, wow. Okay. We enjoyed the intimacy and how connected it made us feel. And it has become part of our daily routine. In addition to sleeping naked as much as possible, Amen. we undress each other at night every night that has to be sexy well it goes on to say did it seem odd at first undressing each other and not always having it lead to sex yep it did but the feeling of those naked hugs and the intimacy of each other's hands on skin daily has just taken it to the next level for us love you guys and love the show hashtag listener for life oh man that's awesome and in, in the interesting part there first having a seven days every month Number two, undressing each other every night. But she she brought up that physical intimacy, mm-hmm. that touch, the hugs that don't lead to sex, which are very important and and needed in a marriage. Well, absolutely. You know, touch is so important, and and I love that that as she was sharing that, and it really ties into today's show about both the the physical and the sexual mm-hmm. intimacy. And you know, as we're jumping into today's show, you know, we're talking about orgasms which is always one of those topics that when, when we start talking about it, people are like, oh my gosh, did you just say that on the air? Yes, we did. And we are talking about orgasms because you know the stereotype around the orgasm and as we're talking about what you don't know and, and all of this is that you know men are kind of like a one and done experience right? You know, they have an orgasm. Yes, they can, you know, go into that recovery period and and have another one. But, you know, the stereotype is that women can, not always, but they can have multiple orgasms. And, you know, so, so we're looking at this and saying, okay, well, what's behind just that experience? And that stereotype. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that goes on inside the male and the female bodies and especially the brain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If we can, you know, bring this up to, you know, not just what happens below the waist, but happens, you know, above the neck about what's going on around the orgasms. You know, what are those thoughts? What, what are those things that maybe you and I aren't telling our spouses about our bodies, about what works, about what's not working that would actually shift the the sexual intimacy, right, mm-hmm. of, of the orgasm itself, but also the physical intimacy in terms of how we're touching and the emotional intimacy of what that orgasmic experience is like. Because it's not mm-hmm. just, you know, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, just touch and done. Orgasms are really like a multifaceted experience. Mm-hmm. And, and if we start looking at it as more than just a sexual encounter, 
but pull it out and look at it from literally, I and mean, we're talking three different intimacies at play here. We can get into this place of saying, how can we make this be truly extraordinary in our marriages mm-hmm. so that it's not just kind of this sort of like, well, you know, maybe sort of kind of hit or miss, but something that can be woven into the fabric of our marriages, that, mm-hmm. that it becomes this. And, and, you know, we've done shows, orgasm is not the, what do we call it? Orgasm is not the ultimate goal, I think was one of the shows that we've done in the past. And, you know, so we're not talking about the orgasm being the end all be all of mm-hmm. every sexual experience. But it is a topic within, you know, within marriage, within the husband and wife that needs to be talked about. Right. This isn't one of those that we're just like, well, you know what, we'll keep our fingers crossed and we'll hope it happens. And, you know, if the stars align and the moon, you know, it's a full moon and it's, you know, the second Thursday after the fourth Friday, you know, whatever, like getting into more intentionality around this. Because I will tell you in the early years of our marriage, you guys, um, I don't think I knew how to have an orgasm. We never even talked about it for years, mm-hmm. for years. Like it was so hit or miss in our marriage that. Like I, I, I can't even like actually remember orgasming in the early years. And, and let me bring this up though, too. The, the viewing of pornography for many years on my part had truly dissuaded what I thought it would be. Mm. And I think that that needs to be mentioned because that stuff is fake. Come to find out having you know, learned about it and, and, and having not even looked at it for many, many years, I've come to realize that what I was viewing wasn't real, although I thought it was because the brain senses it. And so then I'm trying to portray that both for myself and for what Elisa should be doing when it comes to orgasm. So that plays a factor and it did play a factor in our marriage early on. And I think that's where we had some of that disconnect of, well, this is what it should be. Says who? Exactly. Not you and I talking to each other about it and, and how your body responds and how my body responds and, and, and learning about one another as these two sexual human beings that are coming together and how we each orgasm and what turns us on and what allows us to have, for a guy, yes, for many of us, it is once, um, but the intensity of that. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for a man, the intensity of that does differ. And, I, and I've experienced that from like, oh, yeah, you ejaculated. Okay, you're done. To full-on like body orgasm you, where you just feel it from head to toe, even as a guy. Can I say something, too, that literally I think this is the first time it's ever popped into my head. This isn't just because of porn. No. It, no, no, no. I, I actually think media as a whole has corrupted what the orga- our perception of what the orgasm experience looks like or is for our spouse. Mm-hmm. I, I think porn obviously has had a huge impact on that. But I think of love scenes in movies, right? That, that are mainstream movies that, you know, put out by all of the, you know, massive, you know, movie companies and stuff like that, that have impact. You see those images mm-hmm. and, and those images impact how you think it should be. And if it doesn't look like that, then, then you get into this place of going, well, well, am I doing something wrong? Is it me? Is it him? Is it her? Like, do we not know how to do this? Are we just a failure at this? Is this like, what's going on here? And, and I don't know why that's never hit me before just how much that, that 
the what we see mm. and maybe even what you read like if you read books that have you know love scenes in them too and I'm erotica not, but i don't think it's all erotica like okay. i think you can actually have fiction that describes a love scene that isn't necessarily like and you would know that more because you read, I read that all the time. every night right i, I don't think not erotica but you just read yeah, fiction every you. night I, I mean i think you can ha- i don't think it always crosses into the line of okay. being a sex scene purely for the sake of a sex scene got it yeah okay um but but if we look at how we've been impacted by what we consume and what our perception is of an orgasm and, and why we aren't talking about it, because if we think that's what it is, right, whether you've seen it on porn or you've seen a movie or you read it in a book and you're like, well, you know what, if somebody wrote it, if somebody put it on a screen, that must be the way it is. Mm-hmm. But then we're not seeing that or not experiencing that in the same way in our own marriages, there's a disconnect between what we think it should be and what it is. And we're not actually going into these conversations with our spouses to say, hold on a second. What, what happens with you? Mm-hmm. What happens with me? Like, can we have a conversation about it? Because like I said at the top of the show, guys, an orgasm is not just sexual intimacy. It, it's really interesting that it's rare to find any of the intimacies if you're dealing with any particular area of your marriage that operates in isolation. Mm-hmm. The intimacies really are, the, the six pillars of intimacy really are so intertwined. Uh, but when we talk about orgasm and we talk about the sexual experiences, you also have you know, the pillars of emotional intimacy and physical intimacy at work. And you know, here's what you all shared with us in terms of what you want your spouse to know or what you haven't shared necessarily with your spouse in terms of your orgasms and you know comments like foreplay greatly increases the odds of having one Mm -hmm. now think about that so how can you engage one another in more foreplay and what is foreplay in your marriage Mm -hmm. and how do you define foreplay because foreplay can be from words to touches to kisses there there's an array of what that foreplay is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And even the duration of that. For some, it may take you a little while. I mean, it needs to start in the morning to end in the afternoon or in the evening. For others, it's like, hey, take off your pants and let's jump into bed and let's touch one another. And yeah. and that starts that off. Somebody else said, having an orgasm is as much about the emotional connection and feeling safe as it is about technique. Mm. So, Yeah. Technique, but the only way that you know that your technique is working, can I be real clear about this, is if you actually communicate, there's communication between husband and wife to know that the technique is working. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's literally like a needle in a haystack. Does this work? Does that work? I don't know. You guys have heard us share on the show. I mean, there are times when I will move Tony's hand because he's off like half an inch and half an inch or a quarter of an inch can be the difference between, oh, yes, and are we done yet? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that that's where this communication comes in. But it's, I love that this person said it's also about the emotional connection. And I would even go so far as to say it's also about the emotional connection that a man has. Right. That, you know, as Tony said, the intensity of his orgasms, and I know this as his wife, definitely changes the more emotionally involved, the more present mm-hmm. I am when we are having sex. If I'm kind of checked out and, and not fully present, and guys, that does happen. Like I, I, I'm totally transparent here. I know that his um, his orgasm is not as intense because mm-hmm. he knows I'm just kind of like a warm body, right? And and, and so th- so it goes both ways. It's not just a well, you know, 
guys, you need to level up all of your emotional connection with your wife. It's also, hey, ladies, be present. You, that emotional connection with him shifts his orgasm. And I will say, it's not always 100% engagement on both of our parts Mm-mm. every single time. Mm-mm. So you're going to have times when you may orgasm, you mo- both may orgasm, and it wasn't as good as the last time. It, it's okay. It, I, I just want to share that with you guys. It's okay that every single one isn't the same. Mm-hmm. So do know that it's years of work. It's years of touching each other. It's years of knowing what's going on. And then there, there are times when it's just sort of like, wow, that was absolutely amazing. Kids weren't around. We were able to just get wild. And then there are other times when the kids are here, they're maybe sleeping, they may be awake. And so it's a different experience. You just said, I think one of the most profound things we've ever said on the show. Wow. The fact that if I could boil it down, that not every orgasm is the same. It's not, it it truly isn't like, just let that sit on you for a second. They don't all look the same male or female. Mm -hmm. They don't all feel the same. They don't all have the same intensity. They don't all, you know, go from your head to your toes and everywhere. Like stop and just allow yourself permission to go. They may look different from time to time. Be in the moment. I mean, another, another person said you aren't failing if it doesn't happen every time. And, and, and that's true. And I think that's more for us guys mm-hmm. because we really want our wives to know that this isn't only about us. And I do believe where knowing your spouse and talking to them and hearing them, if, if your wife says, it's good if I don't have one, guys, you got to let, let loose and just go, okay. And just say, okay. And have fun together but don't berate her. Don't ask her, did she have one? Don't continue to just be like, oh, but I, I, she's okay. She told you she's okay. Elisa has told me that many a times that I remember years and years ago where I would just be bummed out. Be like, oh, but you didn't have one in this. And she would just tell me, she's like, Tony, it's fine. Like, it's fine. I, I was good. I enjoyed it just because I didn't have an orgasm. It's okay. And this is like, after the point when we started learning how to give her one mm-hmm. because it was both of us that had to work towards that together because neither of us really knew. But it was after that point where I was like, oh, but you need to have one every time. And she's like, no, I, I really don't. And so uh, allow your wife to just be like, it was great. I enjoyed that time with you and just go with it. You, you had yours. Great. Next time you'll probably give her two or three. It'll make up for the one you didn't give her the, the time before. And just on that note, if you keep asking her over and over again, you can actually ruin a perfectly good sexual experience mm-hmm. by annoying her with all of your questions. Been there, done that. So don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. And and the flip side of that is that there are men for whom delayed ejaculation is real. Mm-hmm. There are men who struggle with an erection. Mm-hmm. So ha- being able to have those conversations on the flip side Right, ladies, this is where you actually get the opportunity to build him up, mm-hmm. right? And, and but to have conversation because if he's not having one, he's going to go inside his own head anyhow, mm-hmm. right? So, so we have to open the dialogue around this aspect of our sexual intimacy because, and here's the thing: the dialogue part 
gets into the emotional intimacy because we're not just we're not just getting into our marriages or getting into bed or getting into a sexual experience and being like I need more foreplay. Now, that's been said, it's been said in this marriage, you know, or you're rushing things or don't like like the statements that we just gave you those first few where we were talking about foreplay increases the odds or, you know, you aren't failing if it doesn't happen every time. There was a connection there, right? Because these, every single one of the statements that we received, well, I'll say 99% because I'm sure there was probably one as I was reading over them, were, were about this multifaceted approach. And we mm. have to, we have to be couples that look at orgasm going beyond one intimacy, going beyond the sexual intimacy and saying, hey, you know what, what intimacies are being impacted? Like if, if this is an area where we're struggling in our marriage, if there's something that I feel like he or she is holding back, well, what intimacies are being impacted here? What, what do we need to work on in conversation? What, what intimacies actually need to be involved in the conversation? But let's talk about that after this word from our sponsor. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I've said it a couple times today, and I'm going to say it again, that orgasm is just one dimension of sexual intimacy. But when you get into this place where you choose to create space and learn how to have orgasms, learn what that dynamic looks like in your marriage, you actually bring in, in addition to the sexual intimacy, you bring in the emotional and the physical. Mm-hmm. What are the touches, right? What, how, how strong is our emotional intimacy? I will tell you that when, when Tony and I are firing on, I'll say like eight out of 10 cylinders, right? Because we're not always 10 out of 10, but when we're like in that 70%, 80% and higher, the orgasms shift. Mm-hmm. They are more intense when we're, when we're being present, when, when we're talking about what feels good and what doesn't, what's working and what isn't, there, there's this connection between the two of us. And I will tell you, it's why the days that we podcast are usually days that we have sex. Why? Because the emotional intimacy is heightened because of the, or the sexual intimacy is heightened because of the emotional intimacy that we have when we record a show. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Right. Being in this place of going, okay, you know what? We are in the same headspace. We are connecting, but like, it may sound really weird to all of you that, that podcasting for us is a form of foreplay. It, but it, but it, it is. It, it's a bummer that the kids are doing online schooling because two weeks, baby, two weeks. Because this is the the exact show where it'd be like if they weren't here, get this thing done. Like <laughs> let's go for a little fifteen minute romp and call it good and awesome. But but that's the emotion. What are the conversations? How can the two of you connect emotionally to actually create a shift in your orgasms? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't just focus on the sexual. What is going on emotionally? 
how can you build that pillar? Mm-hmm. Right? How can you strengthen that? What is your physical intimacy looking like? Right? What are the touches that are happening outside of the sexual connection? And the reason I say that is because we can get so focused on only touching our spouses on, you know, what is the bed right now? Like 72 inches by 72 inches or something like that. I don't even know what size beds no. are. Yeah. You know, think of your queen or king size bed, right? I think queen is the average in the one, one family, right? So you think about your queen size. Like if you're only really being intentional about touch when you're on that queen size bed, you're literally living on an island. What are the touches that are happening outside of it? How are you conveying that you desire and not just desire that you love your spouse because the desire touches can make it feel like it's only leading to sex. The love touches that the, Hey, just because kind of like, kind of like the, the hug that we opened the show with, right? Here's a couple that undresses each other every night, regardless of whether or not they're having sex. And she talked about their naked hugs. Mm-hmm. That is physical intimacy. You guys. They've chosen to touch each other, regardless of whether or not it leads to sexual intimacy. They are physically connecting once a day, probably more than once a day, given, you know, the fact that they're doing a seven day sex challenge once a month and all this. But but they've made a choice. That's more than just a quick peck on the cheek going out the door or a quick hug or quick, you know, like we'll sit next to each other on the couch. But it's getting into this place of saying, how strong is our physical intimacy? And what does that look like for you guys? You know, the, the orgasm is the end, right? That's, that's what we all are going after, Mm -hmm. but there's so much prior Mm -hmm. and even that touch in foreplay has a huge component. There's that physical component. We did a whole series on kissing for the purpose of that. Elisa and I have not been the strongest in that department over the, over the years of our marriage. And I've come to realize though, when Elisa is passionately kissing me, it, 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 there's something about it that just j- drives me crazy. And so even in bed, when she just like really comes in and she's like, I want to kiss you, that physical like connection just drives me crazy. But it's practice. It's learning those sort of things and, and enjoying them and, and telling one another, hey, that worked or hey, that didn't. Mm-hmm you begin to realize that there are things that you do do physically that just is a turnoff for your spouse and them to you. And and having the ability to share that with one another allows you guys to hone in on what does work with one another. And I just want to say something that actually ties in the physical and, and being in this place of talking about orgasms like we are today. That was a four-week series that we did on kissing. And while I may not be a rock star kisser, you are just yet. You are. I will tell you what happened as a result of that four weeks, and it actually ties into this show. As a result of being so focused on that for a month, I do find myself thinking about kissing you more often. I have taken the lead mm-hmm. to to really stop and kiss Tony, to not just be like the default, which was like sort of the the, the quick. Peck and you know, that kind of thing. And while it doesn't happen every day with the same intensity, it's kind of like the orgasm, right? Like, like it's an awareness piece of going, I know he likes the physical. I actually am learning how to enjoy this aspect of physical intimacy. What can that turn into for mm-hmm. the two of us? You know, so you start looking at the physical connection, that pillar of intimacy. And, you know, interestingly enough, even as we're 
like thinking through the show, there's also an aspect of the recreational intimacy that's going to play into mm-hmm. your orgasms. And I didn't think about it until just a second ago, but it's the fact that a lot of times with the recreational intimacy, we're talking about how we spend time together, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about, you know, are we dating? Are we doing those things that, that say, you know what, I just want to spend time with you. Or is it just like, Hey, we're in bed. Let me give you an orgasm. And let's be done with this. Right. Two totally different experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think that plays, a, plays a big piece in ours as well. You know, you, you bring that up and I, I think to moments, even because we've been doing the intimacy lifestyle now for gosh, 12 years that there are times when, you, you know, we do, we, we give each other orgasms and, and we've been able easily to do that. Cause we, we know for the most part where we're going and where we're at and your time of the month. And that allows us. And yet when we are dealing in looking at our recreational intimacy and how we're really engaging one another in activities, even a date night. I, I remember, uh, some date nights ago, and I don't know what it was, but we just had such a great time and a great bond that coming home and being able to be sexually intimate with one another, there was a heightened mm-hmm. orgasm for both of us because of that connection, especially because of all everything that's going on. Just having that time not to think about work and kids and all the other stuff, but just to hang out you and I and have a nice meal together and enjoy that time together does. And that doesn't mean you have to go out folks. You can do that in your own backyard. You can do that, you know, doing, playing games with one another. You can do that, you know, in many a different ways, but it's up to you guys to choose what that is for you. Absolutely. And you know, what you don't know about your spouse's orgasm is impacting your marriage. Like if I, if I can just be so bold as to say that, that it's an indicator, the orgasm itself, it's, it's kind of like a barometer and, and the conversations around it are a barometer of what's going on in your marriage, right? As you start to have conversations about, it, you may discover that your physical intimacy needs a boost or your emotional intimacy or your recreational intimacy. You may think, oh, well, well, the orgasms just aren't happening or, or this isn't happening. And so it must be a sexual thing. Mm-hmm. It may not be, but you won't know that until the two of you start investigating, start exploring mm-hmm. what does the intimacy look like in our marriage? Yeah. You know, it, it's an orgasm is an amazing experience. It, it really, really is. And it is our desire that you, through this, you get to know more about what your spouse may be thinking or may have said to you. And now you're able to, to contextualize it and go, oh, okay, here's the thing though. You guys got to talk to each other about it. You need to express to one another what this looks like. Even if it's one small step this week, take it. We've been talking a lot about the intimacies today. So I want to make sure that you guys do get our newest ebook, Six Pillars of Intimacy, to learn about each of the intimacies, because we're really honing in on these because we've heard from so many of you going, wait a minute, what is, what does that one mean? And what does that intimacy mean? So you can learn all about the six pillars of intimacy at six pillars of intimacy.com. And that's going to help you guys as you look at your orgasms. This is for both of you guys. Hopefully we gave you some insights to what may be going on. And now it's up to you two this week to go, all right, 
we're going to talk about our orgasms. We're going to talk about them. And we're not going to just talk about it once. We're going to talk about it more and more. We're going to bring it up often, as often as we feel that is needed. So that way we can experience the orgasms that we desire. Don't look at TV. Don't look at film. Don't look at the books you're reading. What is it for you guys to enjoy them together? You guys have yourselves a fantastic week, and we're excited for what this week's going to bring you. Love you guys.